Um, Sister Jan touched on it a little bit in her teaching this morning. It does not matter what anybody's gender could be, male or female. It does not matter anybody's economic status, rich or poor. It does not matter anybody's racial or anybody's race, Jew or Gentile or Jew or Greek. None of that matters. This invitation to not only be accepted by God in salvation, but also to live out by the help of the Holy Spirit, which is afforded to us by Christ and his finished work at Calvary. It's an invitation that's open to all. It's an opportunity that everybody has in this world. God is not closing this gospel out to anybody. What happens is that people reject the gospel, and that's just what happens. Christians refuse to live out the life that God calls them to live out. It is a decision that we make. God has opened this door to all. The title of this message today, I've actually used in a message before, a message that dealt, dealt with something very different than what I'm going to be talking about today with the help of the Holy Spirit, of course. Whenever I was in Bible college, every Friday night we would have these things called floor meetings, which were basically miniature church services where everybody on the dorm floor would gather into this room, uh, this uh, what we called the rec room, and we would just have praise and worship. Somebody would be asked by our RA to deliver the word for that week, and then we'd have a time of prayer. And Usually I preached one message every semester, and there was this one semester where I felt the Lord lead me to minister a word from the book of Leviticus on the requirements of a high priest for the people of Israel back in the day when they were in the wilderness, which sounds pretty weird for a sermon subject to be focusing on, honestly, but as the Holy Spirit led me, to on what exactly to talk about that message was had a lot to do with the tension that the church and many people have made with God this tension between legalism and actually living for God what's this Find my phone. it is on here I'll hold it closer to my mouth so this tension that the church and many people have made with God, this tension between legalism and actual biblical living, had a lot to do with that. I, it had slipped my mind when I actually preached this message over at the on the dorm floor at the Bible College, but around that time there was a JSBC alumni who had gone into legalism himself, and this was an individual who carried a weight of influence with him and it had slipped my mind but you see in hindsight especially how God brings everything together, how he puts the right word uh, he gives the right word for his people at the right time and let me just say this about that student it doesn't matter what church you go to or what Bible college or college or what degree from whichever Christian organization you came from your walk with God has to be consistent you can't just depend on some qualification that somebody else gave you. You can go to JSBC where the cross of Christ is emphatically taught as the way of successful Christian living and still 
go into legalism, it's possible. And don't think that just because you come to Jesus as Lord, family worship center, that you will be a good Christian tomorrow or a year from now. Your walk with God is between you and the Lord himself. Our pastor cannot be a Christian for you. The person you sit next to cannot be a Christian for you. You have got to be a Christian. You've got to be a Christian. That's the way that it is. And what Paul is talking about in this book of Ephesians is just that. He's basically just talking about Christianity. And before we get further into that, I just want to preach to you a message today simply titled, God Has Made a Way. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we once again thank you for this day that you've given us, God. We thank you for this weekend. God, we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for your rich blessings that you bestow on our lives all the time, God, including the ones that we may not acknowledge in the moment. We thank you for it all. We thank you for your endless goodness, your grace, God, your mercy. We thank you for it all. We thank you, Lord for sending your only begotten son down to the cross of Calvary to die as the remission for our sins. We thank you and we bless your name for all that you do for us and what you have done, God. I ask that you anoint me to minister today what you have me say. Help me, God, get through this. Anoint each of us to receive from your word what you have us receive and we'll be sure to give you all the praise and glory and honor. And we say this in Jesus' name, amen. We talked about it a few weeks ago. The book of Ephesians was written to a group of, of believers in the ancient Roman Empire to a part of the world that we call today Turkey, or as it would have been known all of those years ago as Asia Minor within the Roman Empire. The city of Ephesus was the capital city of this Roman province, Asia Minor. It was a very significant city. This was where the temple of the goddess Diana was, and it was supposed to be one of the biggest wonders of the world. And what's incredible is that that temple has been long gone for years and centuries. All that's left of that temple is just a floor and a few columns, but the gospel of Jesus Christ is still going strong. The gospel of Jesus Christ will outlive whatever the world tries to build for itself. Jesus Christ and his authority and his capability to save and to sanctify those who come to him. That's going to outlive this world. Jesus said that heaven and earth shall pass away, but his words will never pass away. He's always going to be Jesus. He's always going to be Jesus. Paul is writing to this group because as it would become apparent to us, this is a group of Christians who simply need to know what they have in Christ. The book before this, the book of Galatians, is a strong word of correction to a group of Christians who have forsaken the biblical gospel in exchange for legalism. Ephesians is talking to a group of Christians who don't seem to be doing anything too terrible, really spiritually at least, but it's a group of people who just need to be encouraged by what they have in Jesus Christ. The book of Ephesians has been called the queen of the epistles because most people would say only next to the book of Romans, this book is Christianity in a nutshell. It is one of the most essential books in many people's opinion, my own, 
that a Christian needs to become familiar with. It's a rich book. It's an excellent book. And it's definitely worth a read. The main point of this passage that Paul is writing here is simply to encourage the Ephesians to praise God for their redemption that they have. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, down to this earth. And with his sinless life, Jesus would satisfy the righteous demands of God's law. And then he would be led up to Calvary's hill to offer himself up as a sacrifice to each of us. And on the cross of Calvary, Jesus would, as Isaiah would talk about it, satisfy the righteous wrath of God that waited for sinful mankind. Without the cross, there is no hope for mankind. But Jesus Christ came through. He lived that sinlessly perfect life. He satisfied the law of God, and he satisfied the wrath of God. And now that he has done the heavy lifting, the veil between God and men, as it was back in the day, that separated mankind from the presence of God has been ripped from the top to the bottom. And now whosoever will, regardless of where they're at, any believer, anybody who walks with God, can enter into God's presence. The writer of Hebrews calls it that glorious throne room of grace that we have access to and ever-present help in our time of trouble. <coughs> the cross of Calvary. The Ephesians have been dead for hundreds and hundreds of years. Needless to say, this book is not being written to a literal group of people called the Ephesians today because there are no Ephesians anymore. However, we are in Christ. We are God's people. And whenever we understand that all scripture is written by inspiration of God, we understand <coughs> that this is the Holy Spirit speaking through the Apostle Paul to us today. I'm going to ask our pastor if he could come up here and give an altar call and dismiss us with a word of prayer if he, as the Holy Spirit leads.